I'm Casada Bowman. Today, my guest is Chef Alejandro Bonilla. He joins us from Manhattan, where currently he's the head chef of Tribeca-based restaurants Tiny's, Smith & Mills, and Eve's. Chef Bonilla grew up in Mexico. When he arrived in New York, he started working as a dishwasher and worked his way up through every position in the kitchen. His story is one of determination. We'll be discussing the experience of leaving Mexico and starting a new journey in New York. Also, the psychology of determination. Plus, we'll talk about the importance of your mindset when it comes to business, specifically a scarcity mentality versus an abundance mindset. So I'll start by asking, as we always do, Chef Bonilla, have you eaten yet? This could be a meal from today, or maybe a cup of coffee that you're drinking now, or it could be the last meal that you have a really great memory about. I uh, had my cup of coffee uh, today, but I can't forget the uh, freshness of this beautiful uh, food that I had once at Palo Santo, uh, a farm-to-table restaurant that I work, you know, for uh, after I actually had my meal on my birthday. And basically, it was a very simple dish with, um, it was a black bass, pensier black bass with a uh, roasted tomatoes, okra, uh, fish fumet, and just some herbs from the garden, which I find out that the owner had a garden in the rooftop. And that was something new that I haven't heard of here in uh, New York. I'm talking about the 2000s. Wow. Oh, what a great memory, especially celebrating on your birthday, then finding out these delicious aromatic herbs were actually grown on a roof in New York in a City rooftop. That's correct. <laughs> in the 2000s <laughs> when not everyone was doing it. Exactly. Oh, oh amazing. Well, I just want to let our listeners know, Chef Bonilla is already off to a great start. Uh, we're having, I'm having a little issue with the computer today, so he actually can't see me. So him having a conversation with a blank screen, I give a lot of credit to him because it's hard. <laughs> I can see him, but he can't see me right now. So he can just go by the sound of my voice. So you're doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you for rolling with these uh, difficulties, these visual difficulties that we're having today. Um, but yeah, that's how we always start off our podcast, talking about a great food memory. And what a great food memory. And to bring people back to New York City, early 2000s, when it wasn't the most popular thing to have a rooftop garden. Back then, everyone didn't have that. Now today, everyone has a garden and it's a thing. But what a great memory. Wow. Yes, at that time, I find out that here it wasn't actually a thing where uh, cities, you know, actually are developed. Uh, for example, I come from a very small town uh, from Huacachula, uh, Puebla in Mexico, where, you know, like everything was just farms. And I was a farmer, you know, myself, and I like to get, you know, myself, uh, you know, my hands on, you know, that cultivation of, you know, great, you know, delicious, fresh food. Um, 
was vegetables. And, uh, you know, when I moved here, I find out that that was impossible. We have to go to the market and <laughs> you get, you know, all those, you know, fresh vegetables, you know, supposedly on the aisle, you know, uh, right. and, you know, they don't smell like anything, you know, like right. they didn't have that aroma, the herbs didn't have that, you know, more aromatic, you know, um, uh, you know, like what you crave, you know, like for me, you know, like I was coming from a place where uh, in the morning during dawn, everything just smells so fresh and delicious. Uh, absolutely. Well, to that effect, first I want to go into your early days. You mentioned that you grew up in a small town in central Mexico. And I read in a previous interview that as a child, you would carry corn to the mill to be ground into masa for tortillas. And at one point in your career, you were executive chef at Park Slope's Taco Santo, where you had that great birthday dinner, and you were making masa there. And I was wondering, in retrospect, looking back now, it's interesting to see that clear line from childhood to your career as a chef. There's a direct connection from a seemingly normal childhood chore to a specific and highly sought after skill that is used in your career later in life. So I'd like you to look back at your life as a child in central Mexico and describe what life was like there. You're already talking about the early mornings. We're starting to get that feeling of the beauty of all the farms that surrounded you as a child. But also, if you can remember at any point feeling happy being in the kitchen or cooking with your family, do you remember any of that? Absolutely. Um, well, back in the days when uh, you know I was growing up, um, when we had our uh, festivities, you know, those uh, holidays, we actually gathered, you know, uh, everyone to make, you know, tamales, uh, making the chocolate gravy that is called, uh, you know, mole, mole poblano, um, is a great memory of mine when, you know, my mother and my grandmother, they're, you know, like grinding that uh, corn and you can actually smell the corn because, you know, like fresh corn, it's, uh, uh, it's kind of aromatic, you know, in a way. Um, but, you know, like the chilies that, you know, also, you know, they're roasting, you know, in there and the garlic, you know, um, a flavor on the air, uh, the avocado leaves, the avocado leaves that are, you know, actually cut from the tree, you know, just before they're infused onto the, the, uh, the mole or those misiotes, you know, like the Mexican barbecue with some uh, olives, you know, on there. Yeah, I do remember, you know, uh, all of those. And, you know, to be quite honest with you, when I get a meal that is like that here in New York, it brings some memories back. It's like, mom, are you cooking back there? And, <laughs> you know, for a second, you're like, oh, no, no, that's that's not it. But, you know, um, as a chef, you know, I want to recreate those memories, you know, for people. I want to see those you know, uh, nostalgia uh, that, you know, they have back, you know, because as a child, you know, as children, we cannot, you know, like lose, you know, that. And when we have that, uh, that, that feeling, you know, when you're trying that delicious, you know, meal and reminds you of something, uh, sometime 
that is priceless. And uh, so, yes, I do, uh, you know, remember, you know, those, but I do remember also when uh, my mom used to send me to the, um, uh, to the mill to actually grind uh, uh, corn for fresh masa, uh, which wasn't my favorite time, to be quite honest with you, because, uh, you know, we have some bullies in town. And uh, at that time, we didn't call them bullies, you know, actually, just, you know, like kids that give you a hard time. But uh, yeah, they used to call me, you know, uh, names and La Nina and, you know, whatever, little girl, you know, that I was going to the, uh, uh, to the mill. Luckily, there was, uh, ladies that they're, you know, uh, waiting for their, their turn. And they used to actually help me with, you know, like, uh, putting that, you know, corn into the, uh, mill, um, uh, what is it called? Um, a container and uh, grinding the masa and getting the masa for me so I can run, you know, back home with the, <laughs> with the masa. <laughs> Hiding myself, you know, from the bullies, you know. No, at that time they were in the school already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's so amazing to think about because right now in 2022 and really for the past, you know, 10 years, it has been, you know, look around New York City, look what you did at Palo Santo, look what has happened. There's a masa craze. Now, if you have <laughs> yes. those skills, if you know how to make masa, that is a big deal. Everyone wants fresh tortillas. Now, everyone wants to grind, you know, their own masa. So how amazing that you got that skill. You were blessed with that skill as a child. Yes, absolutely. Um well, when we were, you know, actually thinking uh, on uh, opening Taco Santo, because I work for Palo Santo, right? But Taco Santo became the uh, sister restaurant of Palo Santo, uh, just to to be to be clear. Um, and uh, so we were actually, you know, thinking of like, how can you know um, open a taqueria uh, and you know really, you know, like bring those. Uh, memories of people that are going to be our clientele base. Uh, and we decided to actually uh, go for our uh, culinary research to Mexico uh, with my boss, um, Jacques Gutierrez. He and I, we went uh, for about three weeks to uh, Mexico and we started from Mexico City. We rent a car and we went all the way uh, from Mexico City, Puebla, Oaxaca. And Oaxaca is enormous enormous and uh we went and tried all these you know amazing you know food and we find out i mean me as mexican uh i didn't know that there was so much foods that vary from region to region uh and here in 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 uh united states you know they think that burritos are mexican food and it's not the case you know tacos is mexican food but it's not the case, you know, if you go, you know, down there and really, you know, um, get deep into the culture uh, of, uh, you know, f- tacos, you know, uh, Mexican food, you'll find out that there is like different, uh, different foods. Uh, you can have, you know, like from gravies, you know, that varies, you know, from region to region. You can have uh, fresh seafood, you know, on the cost of, you know, like Oaxaca or like Cancun or, you know, Veracruz, uh, you have a diversity 
fai uh, food. Well, I'm wondering, do you remember the moment you knew that you wanted to leave Mexico? And if you do, I'd love for you to describe that moment. Uh, yes, absolutely. So um, thinking back uh, when I was, you know, growing up, I was, you know, uh, working in the field uh, with uh, my, my, my father and uh, several of others, co-workers, which we line up, you know, and we're like working the, 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 the farm. I was like around, I would say, 10, something like that. After school, you know, I have to go in, in, in work, you know, with uh, my dad. Um, and um, a lot of the co-workers, they were always their conversations. It was about New York and uh, their uh, experience in the kitchens. And, uh, you know, sometimes my uncle, uh, asked, uh, a cousin of, uh, him, of his, uh, you know, how do you actually like cook that perfect, beautiful, moist, uh, grouper and synchronize it to come out the same time with a filet mignon or with a, uh, short rib, you know, dish. And so they were talking, you know, uh, about it. And I find it really, really interesting of, you know, like how, uh, you know, one, uh, dish that takes less time versus another, uh, you know, can be, you know, actually served, you know, uh, at the same time, synchronize the, the timing. It, they always, you know, talk about their experience, you know, here, right, you know, in the kitchen or here, you know, in, um, you know, walking in the city or tasting, you know, or trying, you know, all these foods. Um, and, uh, how they wanted to come back, to come back to, 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 uh, to New York. And so I was thinking myself, how can I actually get myself into that big city? It sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It sounds like there is something that I can actually do. But it, that thought, it was like remotely, you know, like probably, you know, I was not going to do it. You know, it was like, uh, thinking maybe I, I'm just not up to that. And I think that has to do with the, with my mentality at that time, you know, where I couldn't wrap my, my, my brain around what I could really do. I really wanted, but I thought that I probably, um, was not cut to, for to, that to, journey, to that, for that yeah. journey, you know, yeah. to make. I mean, that's uh, a big journey for anyone to comprehend, mm -hmm. not just going to a new country, but going to a new big city, like a new country, a new big city. That's a lot of energy. That's a lot for anyone to comprehend. So for you to be listening to your family talking about this and friends and different people talking, I see, I see now where your brain went. You said, ah, maybe I could do that. I'm a baking nut. <laughs> and I <laughs> well, think that basically has to do with the mentality at that time. And, you know, be, you know, actually not, um, don't have the, the tools. Like, don't, you know, have, you know, like what, what, you know, will take you to succeed to the things that you want. Right. So you arrive in New York, you're in a new city a new country, what is that first year like for you? Oh, gosh. Um, well, when I arrived in New York City, I remember it was like about five in the morning, right before dawn. Um, 
I just saw all these big skyscrapers, you know, uh, I arrive in um, the JFK, but, you know, from from top, you know, uh, landing, I can see, you know, these, you know, uh, beautiful lights, you know, and I, so, my God, this is gonna be so uh, fun and, and wonderful. I'm wondering what is down there, you know, at that moment. Uh, but, you know, like when uh, I arrive, I quickly, you know, learned that, uh, you know, I have to uh, find a place to live, you know, for, for, for once, which it turns out that, you know, I um, landed in uh, one of my grandfather's uh, workers uh, at that time. And uh, he uh, gave me a place to stay uh, while I got on my feet. But my first job, I remember my first job uh, that was during Christmas. Uh, it was like right, I arrived on the 23rd of uh, uh, December. On the 24th, I was working at this Italian restaurant where a friend of mine that I camped with he um, uh, got me that job, and I was so grateful. I was like, oh, my God, I got a job the next day. I'm going to do it. I'm ready to go to work. Let's do it. <laughs> so I rolled in the restaurant, and uh, there was a lot to do. Uh, it was chaos, you know, because the chef was prepping all of these, you know, things, a banquet, basically, you know, for the Italians. They were celebrating the... Um, then Christmas you use, Eve, uh, Christmas uh, Eve. Yeah, seven fishes, Christmas Eve. That's big. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I was like, "Oh my God!" So let's 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 do it. Um, well, at the time, I didn't say, "Oh my God!" I say, "All yours, me." I didn't know how to speak English. That's why I got that. You know, uh, right? Uh, the job is, uh, you know, this washer. Uh, I work my um, part off all day from twelve from noon to. Midnight, uh, when the midnight strike, uh, it was silence. And then there was the uh, cheering, you know, from then they were, you know, like uh, sharing champagne and all of these. They were all happy. I saw all those happy faces. Uh, it's unforgettable. And then I have to continue working till 4 a.m. And I was happy, you know, uh, for it. I was like, I had a job. Right. Why not? You know, why not? Let's let's do it. Luckily, I um, landed in a really, really great, you know, restaurant where uh, they were working as a team. Um, they were, you know, really, you know, happy to have a new face. I was always smiling, you know, um, I was a happy boy and I was 16 at that time. So, wow. uh, you know, I was like half of the size that I am right now, you know, um, <laughs> and uh, uh, so they end up helping me actually to, you know, finish, you know, that, that, um, uh, that, that shift. And when we come back, my friend and I, we come back at uh, home, uh, I uh, just slightly, you know, like lay down on uh, his, his bed. We were talking about the, 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 the um duties and responsibilities of the restaurant, which, you know, I was uh, very, very eager to learn. Uh, I was asking, you know, what it will be the next, you know, uh, what am I going to do? How can I, you know, like, right. like learn and these and that? I fall asleep. <laughs> 10 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> I was like waking up, just like, hey, you, 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 uh, 
uh, slept on my bed. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. He's like, you're tired. <laughs> He's like, oh, yes. He's like, oh, well, you got to shower because we have to uh, go and be there at 12 again. Wow. I was like, all right, let's do it. And that was uh, my my first, you know, uh, shift, you know, here. But I saw, you know, um, the, you know, working for a great team can actually uh, mean a lot because, you know, you can actually, it actually impact you, you know, impact you later. Because then when, you know, you move to another place, when you go to another restaurant where they don't work as a team player, where they, you know, hide that information, you know, from you, uh, so you don't advance, you know, you kind of like, like miss that whole team. But then you're wishing to, you know, actually get to the next team where, you know, like, um, you can share knowledge, you know, together. I call it a uh, team player, uh, um, a uh, team oriented, which I learned later, uh, that that is a very important uh, uh, way of learn, you know, together, share the information, share your thoughts. Uh, It make you harvest that creativity from each individual. And um, that was very, very, uh, very important, I think, and and, um, helped me to uh, shape the person who I am today. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad that your first experience was that, was a team-oriented place and positive, because that shaped who you are and where you then continued to go and grow. And one of the things that you said that made me smile is that you said there was so much going on. It was chaos this first day, Christmas Eve, you're 16, and you just smiled. And a smile takes you so far in that environment. If you can smile during all of that chaos, during a busy service, if you can smile, it's infectious. Then everyone around you can loosen up and everyone can smile. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I want to go a little bit deeper into that first job because you mentioned your first job is not as a chef or a cook, but as a dishwasher. And in our industry, it's an incredibly important job that sometimes doesn't get the level of respect that it deserves. What did that position teach you? If you had one lesson that you could share with everybody, what did that position teach you? It was basically to be humble. And to be humble uh, uh, of uh, yourself to, you know, humble to the the job. Uh, because I think that does the most important job in uh, the uh, food industry. Yes. Um, the dishwashers, they're not regarded as the most important person you know everybody's important of course uh, I in my restaurant uh, value every person the same way uh, because I come from there when I started working you know in that restaurant the uh, team members you know in there they welcome me with 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 open arms and uh, that it has to say a lot, 
that yes. you know um, alone you know can actually make or break an individual you know on that first job you know like if a person is not welcome you know on that uh, job on that environment of course it's not going to give you know like everything he's got right but if instead you know is uh welcome with open arms and hey you know like how are you how is everything how did you get here uh did you work somewhere, you know, um, uh, before here? Like getting this information is, you know, like trying to get to know the individual. We don't know that individual. Uh, we don't know that where it comes from. Uh, we do not know uh, how many miles, you know, actually walk to this, you know, job. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm meaning that from which country, you know, comes in. Right. You know, right. Um, he, he took him so many miles to be uh, there to be integrated to that group. Right. And so uh, to me, to get to, to know that, that person, it is very, very important. It's the most important you know, thing because that person can be the next chef. That's right. Can be the next executive chef. It has to do with the attitude, with the attitude that we have. And um, if we have good, you know, attitude, we have positive attitude, we have, you know, that, uh, you know, smile. And yes, like you say, um, that smile, it is contagious. Yes. It can actually, you know, change the mood of, you know, the, the people, you know, they're in the restaurant. And, uh, you know, in my, you know, restaurant, I always encourage uh, my coworkers to... Um, to, to smile, you know, yeah. to come and say hello, yeah. uh, and uh, that way we learn what is wrong with or what is happening to that person. Right, uh, is coming in through the door. Uh, you don't know if you know something happened to them. If they have some uh, family issues, uh, you know, if uh, you know, like they have a bad day or you know, whatever, you know, if you know, briefly want to talk about it, you know, and I always encourage, you know, that we should leave our problems outside the door. Yeah. But we are humans. And Perhaps. by mean, you know, I, what I mean is that we can't avoid, you know, like what is happening in our lives, but we can always change what is happening if we think positive. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, since early age, it didn't matter what, you know, uh, uh, problems, you know, we were, you know, crossing uh, in my family. I always, you know, took it with a grain of salt. I was like, you know, it's just what it is. I cannot actually control, you know, any of this. But I can actually, I cannot control the past, but I can control the, the future. If I think positive, if I think of solution, that's what will make the change. This is what it will actually make a difference. That uh, first, you know, job, you know, what it taught me is that anything can be possible. Yeah. Anything and can hum- be possible. Humble. I mean, what a important lesson to learn, especially at such a young age. You know, not everyone gets to learn that or understands what it is to be humble before the age of 20. So you learn that Nice and early, and that could follow you through with your career. What a great lesson to learn. Well, I have to add that um, 
actually hanging out with people uh, that, for example, for me, I didn't hang out with people my age, you know, basically. Uh, when I mentioned working in the field with my father and my uncle and uh, other, you know, co-workers, I was right. uh, actually uh, meaning that I hang out with uh, people in their 40s. Right. And uh, so they're uh, talking, their thoughts are different than people my age. Yes. Which I was like eight or 10 or something like that. And that rubs off. Yeah. Wherever their experience is, whether it's good or bad, that rubs off. And you take it with you. And later in life, it will actually teach you something because you will remember. This is what we're, they were talking about. This is what, you know, like uh, possibly be, this can be, uh, you know, uh, uh, a solution to a problem or whatever that is. But right. sometimes um, our kids, and, and it is uh, a thing, you know, where um, they have to hang out with people their age. And that's just the, the norm. It is what is healthy for uh, their their um their age in in so they develop you know those uh you know skills you know uh for the the the, the kids their age and stuff right. like that but for me uh i didn't have that yeah you know i have uh you know basically the the i have to hang out with all the people that weren't my age and right. i don't know if i missed you know something but it definitely taught me something you know, Definitely. different at a very early age. So yeah. you have to look at uh, both sides. Uh, was there a specific moment when you knew that you wanted to be a chef? If there was, please describe that moment. And also when it happened, was it while you were a dishwasher or before that? Uh, definitely not when I was a dishwasher. Uh, when I was a dishwasher, I actually wanted to learn how to uh, make salads. And uh, so I was taking a step at a time, you know, uh, basically. So um, I remember I used to wash my dishes really quick and I went and helped, you know, chef with, you know, something uh, that you know, they wanted. I went to, you know, chop parsley. Or, you know, peeled garlic. At the Italian restaurant, we peel so much garlic, like three <laughs> cases, you know, basically during the week because we were so wow. busy. Uh, they're on, uh, so it's called Spolini's, you know, actually, I think it still exists uh, in uh, Queens uh, uh, area. And uh, uh, so I wasn't thinking actually becoming a chef, but, you know, mostly, you know, learning uh, like anything that I come my way. And, uh, you know, I have to say that uh, if you want to learn anything, I I just, you know, like wanted to learn really quick. But, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, you can take setbacks, you know, and uh, you didn't do something right. And then you have to, you know, like do it again, especially on recipes, you know, now. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I didn't think of becoming a chef, you know, at that time. Um, I worked for that restaurant for about a year and a half. And then uh, I went to visit a cousin of mine, uh, Benny, uh, to this Italian, uh, I'm sorry, a French restaurant called Patois. 
And ah. um, I arrived like around 5.30 uh, at Patois Restaurant in uh, uh, Smith Street in Brooklyn, uh, New York, right? And uh, uh, they had a line out the door. They had like 60 people out the door at 5.30. They opened at 6. Wow. They, um, our operations were 6 to 10. And at that point, they had a line. It was one of the first restaurants in Brooklyn, you know, basically. There was, uh, I think, you know, like really good restaurants. It was like three or four, you know, at that time. Right. And I'm talking about 1997. Wow. Um, yeah, a steak restaurant in the same um, street, uh, Patois, uh, that same one. In Patois, Alan Harding, uh, soon becoming my chef, uh, he was opening Onkofo, uh Vietnamese uh, restaurant. At the corner. And uh, so um, Wednesday, ha- hi to my cousin. And uh, he's like, hey, do you want to work here? They were shorthanded. They needed the huh. people. And uh, Alan Harding is coming in, this tall, handsome man, you know, uh, handsome <laughs> chef. He's coming in and he's like, hey, do you need a job? I was like, uh, I'm not looking for one, but if you have something, I certainly will consider it. <laughs> he's like, uh, do you smoke? Like, no. Do you do drugs? No. Do you drink? No. He's like, you're going to have a job. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, no, no, I'm kidding. How about you start now? Wow. Uh, I was like, I, I have a job, but I need to give notice. I need to give at least two weeks notice. He's like, you know what? I admire that. He said, like, I admire that. You know what? Can you help me, you know, uh, your, can you help your cousin for a little bit? And then we'll discuss about possible job. I say, yes, absolutely. So I went to get a, um, uh, an apron, which my cousin gave me directions, you know, where to get it downstairs. I didn't even know the place. And uh, uh, I went, get it, went upstairs, start shocking some oysters. Wow. Yeah, and then um, uh, serving some chocolate tarts and a lemon tart, you know, on there and snails, uh, you know, garlic snails. That was uh, so delicious. Uh, I remember the smell of, uh, you know, these garlic snails, you know, cooking on the salamander. Uh, but yeah, so I started that job and that's where I actually start thinking to become a chef. And um, so I started the Garmajet, you know, station uh, with my cousin uh, two days, three days. I was a prep, you know, guy. Uh, they taught me how to, you know, prep the French cuisine because I was coming from an Italian restaurant to different cuisines. I didn't know, you know, really the differences, but, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a different that I didn't know. It was a different animal. And uh, uh, to me, you know, I was like, well, but it's cooking and let's, let's do it. So uh, I learned pretty quick and then um, they uh, promoted me to uh, start doing grill, the grill station. And uh, once I started, uh, you know, doing the grill station, I got those uh, uh, temperatures down really, 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 really uh, fast, except for a black and blue. <laughs> a steak, which I didn't know, and the chef wasn't there, and somebody, you know, comes in order. Uh, he stepped out, you know, to the, the restaurant, comes in, comes in and order uh, 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 black and blue, and I was like, oh yeah, I can do it. I went and I burned 
the you know basically the steak you know what I mean like like not burnt but you know it was like well done Right. So he comes in and yelled at me. He was like, what? What did you do? I was like, well, they want the black and blue. You know, <laughs> he's like, yeah, no idiot. You, <laughs> what, 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 what you do? Let me, let me just teach you. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Teach me. Teach me. I'm so sorry. He's like, don't worry. I'm not going to fire you. But I'm just laughing that, you know, you're so, you know, like ignorant about it. You know, like you're learning. Right. Don't worry. Right. And so he teach me how to do the black and blue. And um, I was like so grateful, you know, that he had the patience and and uh, he led me, you know, to to learn, you know, those, uh, you know, the cooking terms, you know, and uh, all of these things, you know. And uh, um, there was this uh, sommelier, I remember Jerome, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that restaurant. And he, you know, basically asked me because he uh, uh, saw me that. Whenever we had a culinary um, uh, intern from the FCI or the CIA, you know, uh, there at the French, you know, restaurant, uh, I was the one that I was like having the patience to to teach him, you know, to lead him to 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 um, ah. uh, show him the way, you know, that we were doing, you know, things, you know, there because at that time I was just, uh, you know, really digging into the. Um, how to make sauces, you know, and the chef used to give me, you know, yeah. these recipes and then, you know, I tweak them and then I did, you know, what I did and um, I make them perfect, you know, and so I uh, earned the reputation of, uh, you know, uh, making great sauces and they call me the chef saucier, um, you know, in, in, in there. And so Jerome uh, comes in, you know, having his, you know, uh, glass of wine, he actually, you know, offered me one, um, uh, and there was uh, some Chianti he was uh, tasting uh-huh. and and he asked me whether I wanted to become a chef and uh, I was like I never have thought about it he's like well you have it in you I was like but I never thought about you know this being possible he's like well you have the patience you can teach you know people why don't you start being a chef. And, and I asked him, what, what, what do you mean? He's like, acting like a chef. Buy that, uh-huh. you know, nice chef coat, you know, start reading some books, get some knowledge, become of who you want to, to, to be if you want. I said, right. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. You know, he's like, well, yeah, I'm telling you the way. Wow. And so I really thought about it. And there was a friend, you know, also that um, when uh, Alan Harding left that restaurant, because uh-huh. I worked there for like almost 10 years. Wow. Uh, when Alan left that restaurant to open other nine restaurants that, you know, he did, you know, at that time, mm-hmm. uh, it was Charlie Stedman, uh, the executive chef that took, you know, um, Alan's place. Uh-huh. And uh, he taught me a lot more, you know, a lot more, you know, meaning that he taught me food cost ah. and how great and important is food cost and uh, the language of how to to write a menu, but most importantly, how to talk to the waiters, waitresses, yes. um, and managers uh, to sell that, that dish that, that right. you just created. Uh, it was hard for me because my English, it was very limited. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, like now. Um, right. 
I had to work very hard, you know, for that. But uh, most importantly, uh, when they talked to me about, you know, like culinary, uh, you know, developments and this and that, you know, uh, they're like, you have to start, you know, like, like, like reading more. Or I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to school. I want to become a chef. And so uh, another friend that, you know, actually just started uh, fresh from the FCI, he's like, no, don't do it. I say, why not? <laughs> These guys went to the, uh, to, 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 to school. Uh, Alan Harding went to CIA and uh, uh, Chef Stallman, he, you know, went to FCI. Right. So why not? This is the way. He's like, no, no, no. I just come from the FCI. It's all it is, you know, you have to pay like, you know, $30,000, you know, for one year to, you know, become a chef and you don't know nothing. Yes. I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, yeah, you know, it's all book smart, you know, like you need to know the technical, you know, uh, aspect. Yes. And, you know, when I come here, who, guess who is teaching me all the technical you, stuff? All of You, the, you. Right, right, <laughs> right. He's like, you, you are the one. And I was like, I didn't think about it, you know, that way. And he's like, yeah, uh, he's an Englishman. He's like, he's like, you have to start reading. I'm going to give you my books. And he brought me his books. Uh, um, yeah. And then at uh, that time, somebody that I was dating and then uh, uh, actually gave me as a gift some other books. Wow. And later other chefs, you know, give me, you know, some, uh, you know, other books, you know, uh, and I was just reading and going, you know, through, you know, this and trying by error and, you know, all of these things. And so that's when, you know, actually my eyes were opened to the possibilities yes. of becoming a chef. But yeah. most importantly, they told me, you got to be humble. You got to be, uh, you know, um, a person that not because you are getting to where you are or where you want to be, you're going to treat people differently. These people will make you or basically, you know, break you in a way because yeah. uh, everything that you say, it will impact our lives. And uh, I remember, you know, these, these two, you know, telling me, uh, you know, these things, he actually... Mm, like put me on a perspective that yeah you know like as leaders you can actually change people's lives it depends on what you say they were telling me how to do things you know even though I was doing it and I wasn't aware right I love that story Chef Bonilla that story is amazing because of so many little things on your journey that brought you to the point of asking, do I want to be a chef? And Jerome, the sommelier being mm -hmm. the main, you know, catalyst that said, do you want to be a chef? Then act like a chef. I'll go like a chef. Like yeah. A chef. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. Wow. What a journey. Love it. Well, you have a lot of determination. You know, I started out saying that in the beginning, but I want to focus on determination. And I'm going to say the word a lot because 
there's a lot to it and not everyone has this. Determination keeps you moving forward. Determination is about staying focused on a goal. And as long as you have a goal, you can create a path to that goal, moving you closer to the success that you want. And some research shows that having determination is more important than being smart. The thought behind that is intelligence or talent is a passive quality, but determination is active and it's transformative. Your talents, of course, might create opportunities for you, but you have to put in work to make those opportunities a reality. And it's believed that hard work is so important that even if you have an average level of talent, you can still use determination to transform what you have into success. And one of the amazing things about determination, if you run into obstacles on the path to your goal, if you have determination then you have the power to push through those obstacles or go down a new path. Determination helps you keep going regardless of what's put in front of you. So Chef Bonilla, your story is obviously one of determination. For me, I see it very clearly when I look at you. Where does your determination come from? Have you always had it since you were a child? Did your parents teach you about it? I'd love for you to explain your journey to determination and how determination helped you on your journey to become a chef. Okay. Um, well, basically, my determination, I think, started at early age, and that has to do with the uh, limits of jobs and opportunities that we have in Mexico. Uh, at that time, I do remember that the, um, there was droughts. There were droughts that basically wiped all, you know, our, uh, uh, plants, you know, our harvest, you know, it wasn't as it was the years before. And I was very, very, very young. And, uh, so experiencing those, uh, uh, years, you know, really, you know, make me think of like, how can we change our life? How can, you know, we actually, uh, I call it get ahead, right? Um, from when we are, but, uh, you know, of course I discuss, you know, about, uh, working with my uh, father and my uncle and other, you know, co-workers. But later, you know, uh, during those years, you know, uh, times would become hotter. And um, my mother, my mother, uh, she was uh, the one that basically, you know, helped me to, you know, have this determination where, you know, you can, you can do anything you want. Uh, but, you know, at that time, well, she was, you know, married to my dad. My dad, wasn't very open-minded. And my mother, I think, you know, she misses, you know, that. And then she had this child, you know, that is some sort of, you know, like, uh, well, you know, sort of smart, you know, in a way, you know, he can, you know, like, like, uh, he shows, you know, good, you know, I guess, uh, uh, you know, mentality. 
And uh, so she started, you know, basically uh, showing me, you know, that there's different ways to look at, at uh, life. And so um, she was uh, the the manager of my grandfather's actually uh, uh, wealth, you know, basically, you know, when, you know, uh, you know, he was alive, my, my grandfather. And uh, so she knew about business. And uh, so she started, you know, showing me, you know, how to, you know, basically uh, buy this grain and sell it for, uh, you know, a better price, you know, buy this animal and, you know, sell it, by, you know, for a couple of thousands, you know, more or, you know, something like that. And uh, I was very, very young, but people didn't take me seriously because, you know, I was very young. And uh, but she keeps on, you know, uh, teaching me and I wanted to learn, you know, more more about it but the more you know we actually you know did it it was not possible there in my hometown it, it was it was very limited you know and so um when i decided to actually move to the to the to the states you know she was like i think you are gonna be you know great you know uh, uh there you're gonna find you know a good job and then you know you're gonna uh do what you meant, you know, to, to, to do, you're going to find your passion, you know, what you, what you want. And so with uh, her blessing, you know, I come to the States and um, then I started, you know, to actually, you know, work in, you know, something that I didn't know that it was, uh, you know, to be a chef, you know, basically, but uh, I did miss, you know, the times where, when, you know, like my mother taught me, you know, how to sell things, you know, basically. And, um, you know, later, uh, because, you know, working towards, towards, uh, you know, a career, you know, it takes, you know, time. Uh, so I worked, you know, for like about, I would say 12, 14 years, you know, something, you know, like that in the, um, uh, restaurant business. Uh, and, uh, I decided to actually start learning English uh more seriously and that because i wanted to go to to the university i wanted to study um enrich my knowledge you know basically because i dropped out of school very very young uh a young age you know in in, in mexico and so uh i was like about 31 years old and i wanted to to, to go to college, but I didn't have my GED. And so getting my GED, it was one of the milestones that I had worked on uh, for a couple of years. It, it took me like two and a half years to you know actually get my GED. I was so afraid to go take the test wow. after, you know, putting two and a half years. Uh, you have no idea. I was so, I would like, I had this, you know, inside, like, I can't, I can't not do it. But, you know, I surrounded myself with uh, people that they were teaching me, uh, you know, writing, you know, in English properly, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, once they saw me that I was ready, they're like, you know what, you have to go take the test. I was like, no, I'm not ready. He's like, no, you are. I'm like, no, no, I'm not ready. He's like, yes, you are. They booked the uh, test uh, uh, date and I went to get it. And luckily I, I, I scored really high. I went and applied to oh. a few new universities with their help. 
And that wow. opens the door for me to learn and understand more of uh, the subjects that, you know, I, I, I study, you know, the culinary, you know, subjects, and also the business uh, part, because I decided to actually learn um, business administration. And uh, so wow. um, I wanted to, 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 and why I wanted to learn business administration, it is because as a chef, you have to learn the business aspect. Um, many, I think, don't, uh, you know, like look at it this way, but many will also agree that the key of running a restaurant, it is about pricing your product right and yes. get those margins as much as you can. Yep. And yep. to do that, you have to know how to get it done. You have to know a little bit of marketing. You have to know uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, like, like pricing. Uh, you need to know yep. uh, about how to write a menu, uh, how to sell, you know, things. And so that basically, you know, uh, that, that part is where, you know, some people don't say, why, why did you start a business if you wanted to be a chef? And so my answer, you know, is that I wanted to know how to become a better chef, how to, you know, actually uh, speak the language of the entrepreneurs, how to speak the language of uh, my employer with the managers, with anybody that, you know, wants to ask me a question, my um, sous chef who wants to learn, you know, to become a chef, they need to know how to get you to get it done properly. And uh, I, I think, you know, that's a part where, you know, it becomes like very essential for, you know, this is learning, you know, learning about the business, very essential for the business aspect. It, that, that determination, I think that's where, uh, you know, shaped me, you know, really impacted me uh, how to become a better person. It's so interesting. First of all, I wish that you could see my face because during your story, I just had such a big smile on my face because I did not even know any part of that, that in your 30s, you got your GED. You had, I already knew you had determination through this industry and your journey through this industry, but you took it to a whole other level. You have had determination your entire life. Your mom really instilled this, this mindset in you. And it's, wow. I mean, I, we just met, but I'm just so proud of you for doing that in your thirties. Like it's amazing. Congratulations that you decided to just go above and beyond. And I I can't even comprehend. Your story is amazing. And the mindset that you have 
it's just, I'm, I'm speechless. Just really, it's, uh, your story is just very inspiring. Very inspiring. Thank you. Well, mindset. Since we're talking about determination and that mindset, we are talking so much about business and how you went back to school. You wanted to learn even more and dive deeper into the business aspect of being a chef. And mindset is a critical part of success in business. So we're going to talk about a scarcity mentality versus an abundance mindset. A scarcity mentality sees limitations instead of opportunities. Usually a scarcity mindset believes that if one person wins, another loses. And ultimately, a scarcity mentality is what keeps many of us from achieving our goals. On the other hand, an abundance mindset believes there is plenty out there for everybody. An abundance mindset allows you to see more in your life, more options, more choices, and more resources. The basic thought, if you look at what you have in life, you'll always have more. If you look at what you don't have in life, you'll never have enough. So I'm on this journey now. I recently realized that generally speaking, I've had a scarcity mindset in the past. And these are some of the changes that I've made as I embrace my abundance mindset. I focus on what I have. I surround myself with people that have an abundance mindset. I try to create win-win situations for everybody around me. And gratitude is woven into my daily life. And I'm training my mind to recognize all the possibilities. And Chef Bonilla, looking back just at your last story, I see you must surround yourself around people with an abundance mindset because during your transition to getting a GED in your 30s, they pushed you, they encouraged you. They actually set the testing appointment and said, you're ready, you're ready. <laughs> Even when you said, I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> so, Definitely. you know, we talked, we talked a little before we started this interview, before we pressed record. And we were talking about the mi the mindsets of abundance and scarcity. And, you know, we were talking about how sometimes in this industry, maybe you're at a restaurant where other people have a scarcity mindset. They don't want to share the opportunities or they they want to win and they think uh, if if i win then then i then i have to be the only one that wins and they don't want to share resources and networking so we definitely see scarcity mindset and i feel that you've also had abundance mindset you've had beautiful people in your life that have helped you so i would love for you to look back at your life and for you, do you think that you have had an abundance mindset or a scarcity mindset? And if so, how that has affected your career? Well, I think that I have a little bit of both. Uh, you know, looking back at, you know, my life, you know, um, when I started, I was having negative thoughts, you know, or like, I just didn't know whether, you know, uh, 
I was going to succeed, whether, you know, I uh, had it in me, you know, for example, to, you know, go get that GED, you know, and uh, I think those uh, thoughts, you know, bad thoughts, negative thoughts uh, are, you know, I think always going to be there, you know, um, in one way or another. Sometimes, you know, people just, just don't want to, um, you know, say it, you know, uh, but I think, you know, some way, you know, there is some doubt, you know, and in, in, you know, us, even, you know, the most successful, you know, people, I'm sure that they had those, you know, negative thoughts. But I do think that, you know, once you learn to recognize that those negative thoughts are putting the brakes on your development, those negative thoughts are, you know, not letting you, you know, actually open your mind and see things differently. Uh, once you learn that uh, those, you know, thoughts exist, then you can actually move forward and start thinking uh, positive, you know, um, working towards, you know, getting uh, where you want to be in the future, whether, you know, as a chef, whether you want to be a businessman, whether you want to be an entrepreneur, whether you uh, want to become a uh, professor in any subject, you know, uh, you got to open your mind to the possibilities. Once you start, you know, thinking on, you know, how uh, surround yourself with other people as you know, uh, I have, you know, in the past, I just, uh, I didn't, I didn't know how. And this is the, the, the part that I would like to discuss is that sometimes, you know, uh, people, some of uh, the uh, people that I know, sometimes they don't know how to, you know, actually uh, harvest uh, their, their talent, harvest, you know, uh, the, the thing that, you know, they want how to, you know, actually uh, start working on their um, abundance. And in, in, in that, you know, I think makes a big change in, in the way, you, you know, we think. And so uh, I think I, I, I do have an abundance, you know, uh, now where, you know, I surround myself with, you know, people uh, in the industry uh, that, uh, you know, basically, you know, we help each other, you know, it helps me to, you know, actually... Um, uh, develop my career in, in the way that it is yeah. now. For example, I still have uh, contact with the chefs that uh, my 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 um, uh, former chefs. For example, uh, Chef Steadman, uh, Jacques Gutier, uh the chef of uh, the back then uh, Fifty Eggs in Miami, Jeff McInnes, a celebrity chef. You know, yeah. um, and, you know, if I need to know something, I'm humble enough to say, hey, chef, I am having trouble with, uh, you know, this thing. I can, can, can you help me out? And then we talk about it. He's like, okay, well, this, you know, that, that, that. So uh, they become my uh, mentors right. in, in a way, you know, because I realized that, you know, now as a chef, you know, it's like everybody is turning to you t for questions. <laughs> you know, they ask you, you know, all this, that, that, that. And sometimes, you know, I don't have all the answers. You don't, right? you, like, you cannot know everything. No. You know, so you have to surround yourself with people that, you know, 
can you know help you and 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 they know you know that because they actually taught me that after you become a chef you have to have people mentors that you can turn to if you have you know uh, any any questions uh i am happy with the things that i i i, I have you know now and uh you know um that you know like what i have achieved is 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 my happiness right now how do you continue to find inspiration each year the people that get through the door are my inspiration to you know whether make a new dish or bring a dish back uh for example uh you know uh the restaurants that i run you know smith and mills uh eves restaurant you know in tiny's you know which i started at tiny's and been there for like over 10 uh, over 7 years uh there is sometimes customers that pass by and they're like hey chef do you have that pumpkin risotto that i try i don't remember when but it's still here in my memory do you have that now on the menu i say no no uh, we have that during the uh, fall but I would be happy to bring you know uh this back during the fall. He's like, "Chef, that was amazing. That was absolutely delicious. Can you get it back? I'll be here next week." What does your ideal future look like? Mm-hmm. If you had to look in the next 5 to 10 years, whether it's career, personal, anything, what does your ideal future look like? Okay, so in the next 10 years I will see possibly myself uh opening my own restaurant uh perhaps here in New York or you know where I really you know um like aiming for is in the Pacific coast of Mexico there is a beautiful island uh called Zipolite is near Huatulco it's like between Huatulco and Puerto Escondido I don't know if uh, you uh, you're familiar with the area yes. but I went to Zipolite like about 20 years ago. I really, you know, fall in love, you know, with uh, that space uh with a um island and uh I got a piece for, you know, myself and um I am, you know, actually working on develop, you know, on the development of uh, you know, like a bed and breakfast, you know, something that, you know, I could, you know, wow. actually do so uh bed and breakfast you know something that um you know just like surf row uh bar you know on there and uh have like a small you know vacation kind of thing you know <laughs> so i don't Amazing. know whether it could be a retirement or you know uh something but there's something that you know i have uh, you know in 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 mind and uh you know opening my own you know restaurant i think is possibilities that um i i may um, you know get so you have a piece of property there yes that's correct mm-hmm. well i think that that is a strong possibility and i think that in about 20 years i'll come visit you there and i'll stay there <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely I, that sounds like I a beautiful love to have place you, you know and there 
Uh, I was thinking, you know, that since it's going to be a bed and breakfast, you know, uh, I you know, can possibly, you know, like have, uh, you know, like a yoga, you know, class yes. or something like that. Imagine yes. on the beach, you know, on the beautiful sunset, you know. Um, yes. I think it would be it would be great. Um, I can't imagine that. I can totally see it. Well, have there ever been any signs or synchronicities in your life that led to new opportunities for you in this industry? Already, I kind of see Jerome being one of those signs for you. You know, for me, I see it as a sign for you. You know, Jerome said, do you want to be a chef? Asking you a big question. And putting that idea in your head. But were there any other signs or synchronicities in your life that you can remember that gave you new opportunities in this industry? Uh, yes, I uh, remember my um, uh, cousin uh, the night, you know, that we were talking about, uh, uh, you know, he, uh, basically him, you know, telling me that he was coming to New York. And, and, and that was, you know, in, in Mexico, in my small town, Bocachula. And that uh, he, uh, I was like, oh, uh, cousin, I'm going to New York. I'm going tomorrow. And I was like, so sad. I was like, bro, we, we, we are, we're having a great time, you know, and like, you're <laughs> leaving, you know, uh, here. We're not going to be hanging out and whatever. He's like, yes, but guess what? You can come with me. And I say, uh, no, I, I, I don't, I don't think so. I was like, my dad is not, is not going to let me to. <laughs> and, uh, uh, how can I leave my mom? You know, uh, here I was 16, of course. And I was thinking about, you know, mom and dad, you know, still, you know, right. But, uh, you know, he was like, uh, I think that you can do it well, you know, there you are a, uh, hardworking, you know, person. I know you, I know your father and your mother, and I think you can do better, you know, there with that mentality that you have, you know, a very hard worker, you know, humble, you, you can do it. Wow. And, 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 and I was like thinking, no, I, 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 I don't think my dad is going to, you know, let me into, but then I was thinking, you know, um, in, in, you know, he was telling me how wonderful New York is and blah, blah, blah. And I was telling back, you know, stories that others, you know, were talking about. He's like, yeah, but that everything is beautiful. When you go there, you're probably going to start working as a porter or as a busboy or maybe dishwasher. For us, we don't or will not get, you know, other jobs because we're not skilled. Right. And he says, you have to learn English. And I was like, yeah, I'm learning English now, you know, here in, 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 in Mexico a little bit. He's like, yeah, but there's, there's not much. You have to really learn the language so you can strive, so you can, you know, get where you want to be. Yeah, that, that sounds really, really, really wonderful and great. So let me think about it. He's like, there's nothing to think about it. Just whether yes or no, we'll figure <laughs> it out. I say, listen, I don't have the money. He's like, you know what? Um, I can actually get you the money. And I say, uh, really? He's like, yeah, well, I was like, I have money, but I don't have dollars. That's what I mean. Right. He's like, don't worry. I get the dollars, right, uh, to, to, to get there, and uh, then you pay me in, in, in pesos. I'm like, okay, great. That, that would be fantastic. But then I have to go tell my dad. <laughs> so I come home, right? It was like a midnight. And uh, I tell my dad, I was like, dad, I'm going to New York. I was so excited. He says, 
shut up, get to bed. <laughs> okay, you're crazy. And I was like, uh, I was just shut down, like, like, and with a smile on my face, I was like, I might be crazy, but I'm going. <laughs> you know, and uh, he was like, you know, you're crazy, go to sleep. And and so I went to sleep and I was like tossing and turning around and I'm like, oh my God, my cousin is leaving. What if he leaves me here? Oh. I was thinking about that. So, you know, like there was a perfect, you know, like timing, you know, where we actually end up hanging out that night. He was already, you know, uh, seasoned. He, he came here, you know, already like twice. Okay. And uh, so he was coming back, you know, there, of course, he was, you know, older than, than me. He was like 25. Uh, like early in the morning, it was like around, I got up actually like 5.30, you know, there. So I really didn't sleep, you know. I was, uh, you know, actually grassing my, my uh, cattle. I had a few a few cows that I was making fat to, you know, sell them. Right. Uh, and uh, and uh, my dad comes in. He's like, hey, do you really, you know, want, do you, do you really meant what? what you say last night that uh -huh. you want to go to New York uh -huh. and I say, yes, that I want to go to New York. He's like, do you really thought about it? I say, yes, just that I'm going to New York. And he says, why? My answer to him was to convince him. Of course, it was like, because I'm going to work hard and I'm going to dig us out of where we are right now. Oh. We will uh, do better. We will make a difference. I will make yourself proud. And he's oh. like, fine, get your ticket, go go with your cousin. You say, Benny is leaving. I know that Benny is leaving. I say, yes. So I, I um, you know, like ate breakfast and then we went to the city. By 11 a.m., we were um, getting our tickets. Wow. It was like no much to think. It was just like, like basically, you know, like one to the next. I made a decision, uh, of course. Uh, my cousin had to do a lot, you know, with it, you know, uh, to convince me, you know, right. and, uh, uh, yeah, like wow. later, you know, like we, we bought the tickets and later, like around 7 uh, PM, we were in New, uh, in, in, in Mexico city and we were flying to New York. Wow. Basically yeah. 24 yeah. hours, 24 hours yeah. in your it life was a change. It was a life change. Wow. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, it was it was one of those decisions where you know, like, it, it really you know impacted me because you know we I, I left a, a small town and the next day I was in a big city, yeah. you know. I, so when I say you know those lights, you know that I was seeing from the sky, you know, flying, you know, like around the JFK, you know, waiting to land, those sky rises. I was fascinating. It was fascinating. I was fascinated, you know, by, you know, uh, all of this amusing, you know, um, a city. Yeah. And here, you know, I was landing in a place where I was going to be living till this day. Uh, and I'm very grateful for the things that uh, the United States has actually uh, uh, given me. Yeah. Um it gives me the opportunity because I found good people. Mm -hmm. I found um, great people that you know helped me to 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 get you know those those uh, skills. Helped me to get pushed in a little. Yeah. Uh, and why? In one way or another, you know, everything 
you know, come together. And I think, yeah, you're right. It's synchronization, you know, uh, the timing, uh, yeah. you know, that, you know, everything, you know, happened and everything happened for a reason. Absolutely. But we need to find that reason. And exactly. Yes. Well, a flow state, also known as being in the zone, is the mental state when a person is performing an activity and is fully immersed in a feeling of energized focus, clarity, and enjoyment in the entire process. It doesn't feel like work. It's effortless attention that you're giving the activity, and it's a euphoric feeling. It's during this altered state of consciousness that your mind functions at its peak and a sense of happiness flows through your body. I can get into it if I'm at my restaurant when it's closed and I'm the only one there. I might be working on new drinks for my menu. Music might be playing. No interruptions, just me, ingredients, and music. And the recipes flow. It doesn't feel like work for me. For you, it could be during service, perhaps. As a chef, I would love to know, have you ever reached this state? And if you have, please describe what it was like around you, your surroundings leading up to it, and what it felt like being in the, in that state. Uh, I can say I can reach that peak when um, I, am, I am by myself in a restaurant, you know, uh, just, you know, basically thinking because basically uh, I am the last one to leave, you know, the restaurant. Um, yeah. And that's because, you know, you need to know, like, if everything is closed, gas, you know, is uh, That's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> closed. If anything, you know, is like to be a uh, washer brush, you know, and give directions to, you know, the porter, this, yeah. that, uh, uh, round up that recipe, uh, send those invoices, you know, um, make sure that, you know, expenses are, you know, met, you know, Forecast, uh, schedule forecast, you know, ascent, yeah. uh, schedule ascent, you know, every day is, you know, something. But, you know, once, you know, um, I have that moment where I sit down and I start, you know, thinking and I'm like, oh, my God, I remember that I need to do this recipe. <laughs> mm. and, 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 and that's when, you know, like I go the extra mile. That's when I start. Uh, you know, cooking, you know, again. And sometimes, you know, people there, they, they, they think, you know, that uh, I'm a workaholic. <laughs> you know, that I, 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 I don't want to rest, but then I'm like, I, I want to rest, but my mind is not, you know, resting. Right. Why? Because I want to develop that thought. Yes. And, and if you develop that thought, you know, it's like you are making something is coming to life. Yes. You know, you have to take action, you know, uh, uh, from that thought. If you have a thought and you didn't act, it doesn't become a thing. You're right. And so for me, you know, if I am, you know, actually listening to some music, uh, I'm going to say something, you know, here that... <laughs> uh, Usually people, you know, uh, my, my co-workers, you know, define that it's a little, you know, uh, is that I love classical music. 
Yeah. You know, I, I, I like, you know, the, 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 the classical music, you know, which, you know, helps me to, you know, actually calm down, really yeah. think, you know, the sound of that, you know, uh, piano and, uh, you know, the cello, uh, is just something that like dances in my mind and yes. kind of like, brings those thoughts together on additional recipe and, 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 you know, uh, it becomes a thing. It becomes a dish. Uh, it can be that, it can be, you know, also, you know, some of the, all these, uh, you know, uh, uh, music, you know, like uh, the Spanish romance, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Spanchos, you know, yeah. uh, the, the classic music is, you know, um, the thing. And another, you know, other time is that uh, when uh, the people that, that I'm surrounded, you know, by sometimes, you know, it's like we have a restaurant full of people, you know, like they want to eat, you know, and someone, they want something that is not on the menu, whether it's a vegan you know, whether it's a vegetarian, you know, it's like, oh, I cannot have this or I cannot have that. Mm-hmm. I gladly like to create something. I can tell the waiters, you know what, tell that person that I absolutely make something for him or her or them. Just give me a little time and I give you this, that, that, and that, and that, and that. Is that interesting? Okay. So the waiter goes, you know, uh, there to the table explains you know the situation how long you know it, it, it will take and usually people they are like absolutely thank you and and here i am i'm making a dish just for that one person yeah so that's amazing when that you can get into the flow state when it's forced on you you know in a quick moment they said can you make something vegan and you jump into your flow state. Not everyone can do that. And you feel inspired and you jump into it and create something out of nowhere. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, some, you know, chefs will be angry. Some chefs, you know, will be, you know, like mad, you know what I mean? Or like, laugh, like, uh, are you crazy? Like, this is the menu. You know, this is what we have to offer. And uh, this is it. I have actually worked, you know, uh, you know, in places, you know, or, you know, come to restaurants where that's where, you know, the, uh, chefs usually do, but, you know, um, I have a different mindset where, you know, I like to give people satisfaction. Well, we are at the end, Chef Bonilla. I want to thank you for sharing your story with us. I believe that the journey is always greater than the destination. It's on the path that we learn, evolve, and encounter lessons that shape us into our best selves. I always like ending the podcast by asking if there's any takeaway that you'd like to leave with listeners that can positively influence their lives. It could be something that we just discussed, a lesson you've learned on your journey, or general life advice that you live by? There's always the first step. And if you start with the first step, then you can do the next and you can get where you want to be. Yes, stay focused and bring a lot of positivity uh, 
because anything can be possible. And that's all I can share. Beautiful advice. And where can people follow you? Um, I have, uh, I, I actually don't have like Instagram, you know, uh, uh, kind of thing, but, uh, I, um, have a, um, email, which is Alejandro at, uh, neighborhoodprojects.com. Um, and, uh, I have another one that is called Alejandro at tinysnyc.com. Uh, you can, you know, follow me there. I'm going to create my, uh, Instagram. Uh, many people have asked me why you're not Instagram, you know, uh, uh, kind of thing. But honestly, you know, I haven't have time for, you know, that because I'm always focused, you know, on the uh, recipes and, 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 and next dishes that I have. Not to be excused from, you know, like the uh, media, but yes, you can, you know, like email me. Um, if you want, if you have any questions, I'd be gladly to um, answer them. Actually, I think email is more direct. So I think exactly. email is great. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get a hold, a hold of uh, Shefonia, he just gave you his direct email. So that is even better than Instagram. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. You were an amazing guest that just has a great story of determination. So thanks for listening, everybody. And if you haven't already, follow Have You Eaten Yet wherever you get your podcast.